So I've been thinking a lot about doing a solo episode and I was toying with different ideas or topics to, you know, touch on and start with because I have plenty to pull from. Um, But just given the nature of something that's coming up in my life and the timing of it and, you know, just a lot of thoughts that have already been on my mind, I thought, you know what, might as well kill two birds with one stone and just put these, you know, thoughts into existence through a podcast episode. So here goes. Um, I'm going to start off by saying, for one thing, I'm really nervous to be talking about this. I I was going to say, I, I, you know, I, I don't love talking about myself, which is just complete bullshit because I clearly love talking about myself. I have a podcast, but I like having conversations more rather than it definitely feels weird just speaking into a microphone thinking this, you know, could go on from anywhere between like 15 to 30 minutes. So bear with me. So yeah, that's, that's definitely, um, the first thing. And it's also a topic that to be completely frank, I didn't open up about until January of 2019, 2020, 2020. Yeah. So it's only been like a year and a half that I've really, um, you know, come out about this, so to speak. Um, and then that leads me to my second point, which is a gigantic trigger warning because this episode is going to be focused on my eating disorder and the specifics of it and kind of how it manifested and snowballed into the clusterfuck that took place three years ago. So um, yeah, but those both being said, you know, for one thing, bear with me if I'm little awkward or nervous it's because I'm really fucking nervous talking about this and also if you are currently dealing with an eating disorder or are easily triggered by you know different um, aspects of disordered eating or anything like that just uh, maybe this isn't the episode to listen to or maybe it is and maybe if you want to talk you know I'm here to listen of course so I guess for background you know why why now why am I talking about this now I'm going to Greece with my family on Friday. Um, so if it, you can, you know, still hear the grossness of my voice, it's because I'm still sick. It's Monday, July 5th. If I do post this episode, I'm not really sure if I am yet, but if I do, I'll probably be in Greece when I do so, which will also be, you know, either terrifying or liberating or cathartic or all three. Um, we'll see. But... Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be in Greece Friday and it's, uh, it's got me thinking about a lot of things. Um, you know, for one thing, I'm very fortunate to be, to have the opportunity to go to Greece with my family again for many reasons. It's a place that's really close to all of our hearts. Uh, we lived there for a bit, used to go all the time and I just feel very fortunate to have the luxury of being able to travel there with my family. Um, but it is honestly pretty scary for me. And 
you know, that sounds very weird saying I'm scared to go to Greece or I'm getting anxiety about going to Greece and bear with me. You'll, you'll understand why hopefully, or maybe not hopefully, maybe you won't understand why, which means you'll never, you've never experienced anything like this, which is great because it's shitty. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous, honestly. And I guess to, to explain a little bit more, the reason I'm nervous is because the last time I was in Greece was three years ago, which was both literally and figuratively the lowest point in my life. Um, I've referenced, you know, I sometimes talk about like what was the lowest you've ever been, or I think maybe I was asked that on a couple of podcast episodes and it was very clearly the moment I got back from Greece um, in 2018. Specifically, uh, Eos, which is the one of the islands that I'm going to all be there. And the last time I was there and the last time I was in this beautiful country on that beautiful island was, again, when I was so sick and just so mentally unwell that I couldn't take in how lucky I was to be there in the first place. And um, that whole experience is something and basically the whole experience and lack there of, of an experience was really um, something that haunted me for, I mean, it still haunts me to this day. I, I had, it took me years to unpack that in therapy, just the guilt and the shame and all of that. Um, and, you know, only now am I able to somewhat bear with me, reflect and talk about it on a podcast without, as much shame or as much fear or as much guilt, but I'm saying that, you know, now who knows what will happen in 10 minutes. Um, so I guess some background, you know, when I had, when I had Ramsey on my podcast, she was the first one I really got to open up about my eating disorder with, um, just because she's so incredibly inspiring and just such a wonderful human. And she really, her vulnerability made me feel comfortable sharing my truth. And one thing that, you know, she said, which I thought was so interesting was that it's something her therapist told her, which like an eating disorder is like a loaded gun. You're always carrying it with you. It's just a matter of something setting off the switch. It's kind of a morbid metaphor, but it makes sense. Um, so like I say this because I, moving to Greece that summer, 2018 was not the first time I had disordered eating. It was definitely something that built up over time, um, specifically the latter years in college. And then fast forward to 2017 um, when I lost my friend and was just catapulted into the worst three months ever. Um, that's kind of when things just really started going downhill and just shit hit the fan really quick. Um, so that second semester of senior year, I mean, the grief combined with the stress of graduating combined with social things, like I was just a miserable person to be around and I was putting my health both physical and mental health on the back burner, was not taking care of myself, was not feeding myself properly, was not exercising properly. I was just a, or not even a hot mess. I was just a mess. Um, but in all seriousness, I also was at the time, 
as in like right after my friend's loss, I was trying to figure out what to do with my summer because I was very fortunate in that I, I got a job offer uh, that previous September and I was, you know, I had a whole summer off to do whatever I wanted to travel the world, to see, I could, you know, do the whole post-grad thing that unfortunately people couldn't really do in COVID times. Um, but I, being the kind of type A rationalist, per, rational person I am, I was like, okay, I don't want to just spend too much money. So let's try to get a job during this time, but let's do it somewhere fun. But let's also escape, you know, escape the United States. I want to get the fuck out of here because I'm so miserable and I don't want to process anything that just happened. Which So that right there was a definitely not the best idea to plan a whole summer, you know, when I'm still grieving and to plan a summer basically to run away from my problems is essentially what I was trying to do. But at the time, like it made rational sense to me to go on birthright, which is a free trip to Israel um, for people of Jewish faith, and then go to work in Greece, um, a place that I've, you know, spent a lot of time in my life and hopefully just like make some money so that I, you know, could support myself while I was there for the summer. So in an ideal world, it made sense and it would have been a really great time if I'd been mentally stable. I, my goal was to, you know, kind of live my best sister, the traveling pants life, Mama Mia vibes. But um, because I was very mentally unstable, I, I did not get to do that. Um, so yeah, fast forward to graduation. Again, I was on a slippery slope with my health, specifically with my eating disorder. And um, in because of my, because of the link to, um, b- between my eating disorder and my anxiety, it's like very strongly intertwined. It tends to get really much worse when I go uh, travel somewhere or I, I'm in a shifted environment or a new environment. I saw that happen in when I studied abroad in Spain and then voila when I went to Israel and Greece for the summer. Um, and luckily, I mean, for the most part, aside from a terrible stomach bug that everyone got on my birthright trip, I had, I had the best 10 days of my life in Israel. I made some amazing friends. I actually like, I have just so many clear memories of being so happy on that trip, like physical memories as they were documented, you know, Snapchat memories, whatever. And I remember on the last day we went around and, you know, when you're stuck on a bus with 40 other Jews for 10 days, you get really close. So I remember us going around, we were all like saying deep, you know, things are on our minds about like why this trip meant so much to us. And I, I really vividly remember saying that this trip was the first time in six months that I was actually happy. And, you know, the, like the Greek poet in me is like, ah, like that was so foreboding because it all went downhill, but no, it really was like the best time ever. And unfortunately when I got to Greece, uh, because of this aforementioned, uh, stomach bug combined with a completely shift environment. You know, I went from being highly scheduled, waking up at set, like 7 a.m., hiking, traveling on a bus, doing like boom, 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 and also being surrounded by people. Like 
if you know me, I'm an extrovert. I feed off of people's energy. I need other people around me to be my best self. And then going from that environment to being pretty much alone in a Greek island, doing a job that, although like on paper, it's very simple. I was a beach bar hostess. So I sat outside a beach bar or stood outside a beach bar for, you know, eight hours a day in the sun and like welcome people in. It seems pretty easy and like it was pretty easy, but when you're not used to being alone with your thoughts and also not physically or mentally healthy and you're in the sun all day, it was definitely not what I had envisioned and also just not the right job for a person like me, specifically in that mental state. So as you can imagine, it quickly went more and more downhill from there. I was getting just sicker and sicker as the days went on. I wasn't eating. I was, I was so unwell. Like I was sick to the point of like, I couldn't even stand up because I was so emaciated and it just like scary. Cause I had, I'm just like getting flashbacks of really what I looked like and what, and less so what I looked like, but what I felt like. And what's so interesting too is I have such a clear memory. And obviously, you know, as I'm saying this, I'm announcing that this is on Instagram um, and still visible. Maybe I'll delete it. I don't know. But uh, basically, you know, at this moment that I'm describing when I was just waif-like and so thin and so sick, I... You know, I, I was all my friends for all they knew. I was living my best life in Greece and, you know, social media kind of makes us want to curate a certain type of life and then make it look perfect. And so, of course, you know, I had to document the fact that I was working at a beach bar in Greece and living my best life and so happy, even though I was struggling so much and I'll never forget I posted this picture that my my mom took actually and I'm sitting on a chair and I look so sick like I look so thin and I I also even at the time I knew I didn't look good like I knew the picture made me look extremely unwell and just didn't all honestly on all honesty I posted it because my abs looked good granted they look good because I didn't have any fact to cover them there was just abs and that picture got the most likes and most comments of any picture I've ever posted on Instagram and it just makes me so sad to think about all of the compliments and encouragement I got from posting something that was almost like a cry for help. I mean, in hindsight, I know people reached out to my family members and others and asking if I was okay because, you know, those who were close to me knew that I was not looking great. But I mean, just looking at like the comments now, I see like, it's just abs. Wow. Abs. (laughs) Your body. Okay. Abs. Babe. Abs. Wow. Ripped abs like holy abs I mean 
I got what I wanted in that sense, but at the same time, it's it's scary and it's sad that, that I was like literally, literally praised for for that picture and I I don't know, I th- I think about I think about that a lot and I think about how sick I was in that moment, how unhappy I was in that moment and yet I had to document it for some reason and I had to sh- show it off and and I got the approval and the praise that I was looking for, but it definitely didn't make me feel any better about myself or what I was or what I was going through. And um, yeah, it, it's just, it's wild, but it was just terrifying. And I, and it got to the point where I was so sick and I, you know, I was two weeks or three weeks into this, job and I remember just thinking I had I I remember counting down the days for it to end and I was like I should not be counting down the days to start a corporate job in New York City like I need get I need to get help now and so I called my parents as much with much dismay they were actually visiting me so it was well timed and I you know they saw me they knew that I had to get out of there and like that I had to be treated and um they took me home and it was definitely one of the most embarrassing um moments of my life I had so much shame so much guilt so much just I I hated myself I I I really, really hated myself for getting myself in that position. And I know that eating disorders are a chemical imbalance. I know that it was related to my anxiety, that there was something literally like wrong I, that because of the lack of serotonin in my brain. Like I know that that's ultimately why it led me to that position. But at the same time, I still like... It sucks when you, you know, see something that could have been so perfect crumble because of a disease that is associated with control. It's so like whether it's from your own preconceived notions or from that of others, I definitely left feeling terrible. And that's, you know, hence all of the reasons that I just mentioned about needing to go to therapy for that um, for the rest of my life. And Luckily, I will say luckily, because when I got back to Athens, even though I was physically unwell, I did, my my eating disorder never was uh, based in like body dysmorphia. Um, so for those of you who don't know what that term is, it's like, it's what basically, you know, most eating disorders are cliched as body dysmorphia, which is when, you know, a really thin person looks in their mirror and sees themselves as being a lot larger. And I never had that. I, I knew I was sick. I knew there was something wrong with me. I hated the fact that, you know, on one hand I was constantly, I was criticizing myself from for having like a little too much weight on my body and then flip the switch. And I'm like, I look like a 14 year old boy. Like what, how did this happen? So I contacted like all of these different influencers on Instagram asking them what they did. Because like when I say influencer, I'm using that term lightly. I mean like 
body positivity, very open about their experience with their eating disorder influencers, like type of people who answer. They did give me good advice, but at that point and many points afterwards, you know, I was only looking for what I wanted to hear. I wanted the easy way out. I wanted to just make it as I wanted to just see how I could recover from this quickly, get back to my life and just continue with my job and pretend this never happened, which is obviously not something that can happen. I wanted to just, I remember asking like, is there any way I can do this without having to go to an inpatient program? And they're like, well, not really. And I was like, "Mm, I'll make it happen. Um, But so again, if, you know, it's hard though. Like I, I say this all from the point of hindsight, but I know for a fact that in the moment I would have not, I would not have listened to myself. I would not have listened to anyone. Like I went to countless nutritionists, countless doctors, and I was all waiting for them to tell me something I wanted to hear. And everything that they told me sounded like an attack. And I think that's such a common thing for people with eating disorders is that it's just, you're so lying to others and lying to yourself has just become so normalized that if anyone says something that's just the cold hard truth of like you need help eating more will help you build protein which will help bring the you know uh rebalance your chemicals in your brain it's like you just you black it out and you think it's like a, a personal attack against you and it's it's really hard getting past that. And I don't really think I have, you know, advice as to how. I think it's just really time and dedication and just getting to a point where you are like, you don't want to have your life confined around food. And I think what's scary, but what's good is that, you know, it took a while, but I do think that going on the the medications that I went on for anxiety really did help. But like again, that my eating disorder was rooted in anxiety, so it was a little bit easier said than done for me in that uh, in that aspect. But I definitely noticed a difference in my relationship with food and my relationship with uh, just a lot of other things once I started taking medication for anxiety and SSRIs and um you know, it's, it's helped immensely. I'm so grateful for my support system and my doctors. But that being said, only after I was on that medication, which took a shit long time to agree to go on, only after that was I able to say, okay, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to actually deal with this shit and not just um, put it on the back burner like I have for so long. Um, And I think one thing that's one thing that's hard and again, I'm not licensed. I have not gone to grad school to study this or to teach this or to diagnose anyone or do anything yet. But just speaking from experience and speaking from someone who both had an eating disorder or has, who knows, um, as well as knows, you know, plenty of people who also have had a similar battle. I'm a firm believer that, unfortunately, and I don't say this in like a pessimistic way or like a, 
doomsday kind of thing, but I I really don't think that it ever goes away. It's a chronic illness in my mind. And I think people who say they're fully recovered from eating disorders are lying to themselves and lying to others. Um, that's not to say people can't make progress. Like I, I think, I, and I'm proud to say that I, I, I really have made progress since, you know, June, July, 2018. Um, and, and from there, but I, I think it's something that you have to just constantly hold yourself accountable for and have a support system who, who knows when, you know, things are slipping and can kind of call you out in those moments before it's too late and before you get back into that just cycle of lying to yourself, lying to others saying, oh no, I'm, I'm not very hungry. It's fine. Or, oh no, that like when I eat cheese or when I eat pasta, it hurts my stomach. Like it, I've said those, that shit. Like I've, lied to myself I've lied to others I blamed my own behaviors on things that were maybe partially true but not to the point where if I you know touched a pizza I would explode and I think it's really hard on both sides it's hard being in the position of that person you know of where I was at that time when I would have said something like that but it's also hard being the friend of that person or the sister of that person or the parent of that person and, you know, watching your loved one just choose to punish themselves for what seems like no reason. Um, and for that, you know, I, I, I wish I could have better advice to give, but unfortunately I don't. And, you know, if anyone's listening and has like words or tools or anything for they could that they give to their loved ones in you know at moments that they see them struggling I think I would be I mean I think I would love for you to reach out to me and tell me what those are because it would be incredibly helpful and you know maybe I'll make like a little poll thing or something and I can share those those ideas because it's it's really hard and yeah um and I guess, I don't know, to tie this all together, there's a number of reasons I'm nervous about going to Greece um, next week. I mean, I've mentioned one thing, just more of like the trauma of, being, of, a, of associating this place with literally the worst, the worst time of my life. I returned from EOS July, well, I think it was July 5th, so that's insane. July 5th, 2018, so three years ago today with no hope for the future in my mind. Like I literally came back a shell of a person, both physically, mentally. I, I didn't know what my life was going to be like. I, I thought I really fucked it over for myself after what had already been the hardest year of my life. I was like, Nope, this is just getting worse. So I, it was terrible. Um, so yeah, for one thing, definitely going back in this, with such painful memories and I'm, I'm nervous, but actually, I don't know, as I say this out loud, I'm excited to build new memories. I'm excited to be with my sister in a place that we went to. We both went when we graduated um, high school and 
that was definitely the best time of my life. I went there in 2014 with uh, five of my best friends. Four or five of my best friends. I think it was all five of us. So shout out Mary, Elsa, Liza, Lucy. Shout out you guys for making EOS so much fun. Shout out my incredible class of American Community School of Athens. Um, I'm excited to build new memories there. And um, yeah, uh, well, now I feel bad going to like a sadder part, but actually, I guess this is also kind of optimistic, but you know, when I was in Greece three years ago, I was, again, lowest point in my life physically and mentally. And when I say physically, like I'm a small human being, like five one I'm, I'm I'm very petite uh I was I and I really don't like putting on numbers onto things because I I don't like quantifying anything but I think this number it's just says a lot in itself I was more or less 20 pounds um lower than I am what I am right now and I was 10 pounds lower than what was already a very, 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 very low weight for my size. And, you know, for someone with me or for someone like me with an eating disorder or still battling an eating disorder, whatever, however you want to say it, you know, going back, knowing that you put on the quarantine pounds, like you're, I don't know. Of course, I, I still get uncomfortable with my body. It's going to be something that I have to deal with the rest of my life. So going back to a place where I was once insanely skinny to a point of it was terrifying to look at myself. But, and now going back on the flip side and being a little bit more full figured and being in a bathing suit all the time, that's kind of scary too. So I'm I'm nervous, but I'm also in the best place mentally that I've been in for a really long time. And I have Austin to thank for that. I have my support group to thank for that. I have my freaking therapist to thank for that. Um, but it, it is scary. And I know my patterns. I know that sometimes, you know, going to a new environment, not that this is super new, but the switch from Austin, Texas for sure. I know that that's going to be a little difficult, but I, I think I'm ready. So, yeah. Um, that is my spiel. If you ever want to talk about anything, again, I am not licensed. <laughs> I don't even know if I, when I become a therapist, I, I want to focus on these disorders. It's something that's a little scary to me because I know it can cause people to relapse back into their... Um, sorted thoughts but the one thing I can say is that I've been in if you're going through anything like this I've been in your shoes and I can relate uh, both from the point of someone who's you know been through the depths of an eating disorder as well as someone who's seen friends struggle and that's definitely I mean not been harder but it's been very different and equally hard um, so if you're you know if if you ever want to talk, please reach out. Um, I love you guys. And I don't know if I'll post this, but if I do, it 
means that I, I trust you all and I love you so much. And yeah, I guess that's it. All right. Bye, everyone.